Welcome to the Making Midlife Matter podcast. I'm Peggy Hames. You can find me at heartcallings.com where I help women in midlife to reclaim your voice, to reconnect with your heart, and to start dreaming new dreams for this next chapter of your life. I'm a coach, I'm a minister, I'm a writer, and I love bringing all of those things to the challenges we face at midlife. So this has been an interesting podcast journey. This part, podcast, in part, has been greatly influenced by Tom Colicchio. If you don't know who Tom is, I'll explain in a minute. But here's what happened is I had this like run of technical difficulties where I'd record the podcast and think, all right, I got it, and get ready to edit it and realize only half of it had been recorded. Now, that happened twice, and believe me, I am totally blaming user error. I was hitting a button I should not have hit. Something went wrong. So I finally got it done. And I recorded the entire thing. It was like, yes. And and I started to load it up to edit it. And then I thought about what I had just done. All the words that I had just said. The episode I just recorded. And I thought about Tom Colicchio. Now, if you don't know who that is, he is a a very well-known chef. I know of him because I love watching the TV show Top Chef on Bravo. So he is one of the judges there. And he works with these chefs and, and, you know, he gives them feedback from their challenges and and votes whoever's not going to make it through to the next week. Anyway, one of the things he will say when somebody serves a dish that really is kind of subpar, it just, it really does not live up to the standards of Top Chef, he'll look at the contestant chef and say, did you taste this? As you were making it, as you were bringing it along, did you taste it? And it, most of the times, nine times out of ten, the chef will say, yes, yes, I did. Well, what did you think? Well, I thought it really wasn't very good. So why did you serve it to us? You know, over and over again, he's like, why did you give us this dish if you knew it wasn't really good, if you knew it was missing the mark? Well, I tell you that story because when I sat down to edit that podcast and I thought about what I had done, I mean, there were very nice words strung together, but i got to be honest with you. It wasn't very good. It just, it wasn't. It wasn't up to my standards. So that one hit the delete pile. And here we are back again, and I've traveled a few miles since then. I've been in Maine staffing a grief workshop, which I do each spring. And glad to be back now and back in the swing of things and back here with you. So on today's podcast, we are thinking about and talking about the imperfect people in our lives who loved us as perfectly as they could. That came about, I was was writing a litany for a worship service and, and came up with this line of being grateful for the people in our lives who loved us as perfectly as their imperfect selves allowed. And as soon as I wrote that line, I realized that it was a really good line for those of us who are in midlife. I mean, I think it's a good line 
at any point, a good thought at any point, but especially in the stage of life. Because part of what happens at midlife is we start, we start looking back a little bit. We may be doing some reflection on the, the people and the events and the things that shaped us. You know, we, we look back at where the world was and what was happening in the world. And we especially look at our families and what they were like. Now, I don't know of a, one of us who had a perfect family. And there were some some folks who had just an awful, horrible, evil, abusive, harmful, terrible, no words for it family, people who should not have been entrusted with children kind of family. But you know what? There's there's a lot of folks who land somewhere in between. And it can be really, it can feel kind of mixed up and confused inside. Because on the one hand, you look back and you go, oh, gosh, that was really bad. You know, maybe they, they gave you some messages about who or what you were that that you look back now and you just kind of cringe. It's like, oh, gosh, you know, or, or no wonder I always have an issue with such and such because my mom did or my dad did and they really passed that down to me. Or this is what they did that, that really, really wounded my self-image. And I've been struggling for a lifetime to, to get to a place of feeling worth and value. Uh, uh, it, there's, there was a line from a psychologist who said, yeah, your, your parents did the best they could and sometimes that best was pretty bad. So there is that accounting, not not to put the blame on folks, because I really believe that once we become adults, we take on responsibility for our lives, and there may be things that have shaped us, uh, there may be things that have harmed us and wounded us, but as adults, we have the responsibility to do what we need to do with those things so that they do not control us. They may still always be a factor, but to have a choice about things and not be controlled by it. So it's not looking back in blame, but looking back in honesty. And and there's a, a tendency to say, oh, well, they did the best they could. And, and to use that as a kind of get-out-of-jail-free card. And I don't, I don't believe that's right. Um, I, I think it gets them off the hook too easily, and it short-circuits our own process. Because part of our healing and part of stepping into the fullness of who we are in life is to really claim, yes, this happened to me and this was not okay. Um, the fact that my dad always said I was stupid, that was not okay and it wasn't right and it wasn't true. Or the fact that I don't know, my mom had X, Y, and Z issues, and she really put those on me. 
and kind of blame me for them. And that wasn't right or that wasn't okay. Or my parents did not know how to take care of themselves or how to be in a relationship. And so they expected me, they had me to save the relationship. And they expected me to be their, their confidant and to be their emotional support. And that's not okay. That's, that's not what kids are for. All of those things are true. And yet here's where it gets kind of messy. Because we can look back on those same families and for all of the drama and for all of the craziness, we can say, but you know what? There was some good there. Like there was the time when um, my, my folks, I know they really scrimped and saved and my dad worked extra shifts to get me just the, the Christmas present I really, really wanted. Or to send me to the school I really, really wanted to go to. Or uh, there was that time when, when I was really sick and they just, they didn't leave my side. Or, I don't know, you look back and, and there are times like those times when we used to, on Sunday afternoon, we'd pack up everybody in that big old car that got like negative two miles to the gallon and we'd go out to the lake and we'd have a picnic and my dad was relaxed and my mom was laughing and it was always so much fun. And, and somehow we feel like that if we remember the good things, somehow we're betraying the bad things. Like it's got to be either or, you know, e either you grow up in the most dysfunctional family in the world or you grow up in the most perfect one. But the reality for, for many people, if not most people, the reality is a lot more mixed It's not saying they did the best they could. It's saying sometimes they loved us as best as their very imperfect, wounded selves allowed them to love. And sometimes that was a great big love that just kind of stunned you with, with how in the world did they come through with that. And you know what? Sometimes the love is just like a teaspoonful. It's just... It wasn't a whole lot, or you had to kind of pick through the bad stuff to find the little bits of good. But they were there. To say that that parents or families and maybe grandparents and maybe aunts and uncles, that the the people in our lives, the people from our past, the people who who shaped us, it's important to acknowledge where they really fell down on the job. It's important to acknowledge where we got hurt. I mean, we cannot heal our wounds if we never acknowledge that we have any. If we keep saying, oh, it's no big deal, or everybody did that back then, you know, we really betray that child that we were who just needs us to say yes, that hurt. Yes, that didn't feel good. Yes, that, that wasn't right. Yes, that was expecting too much of you. That wasn't okay. And 
technology, yeah, there were some times that were good. They don't cancel each other out. We're not, we're not adding up figures here. This is not a competition. Part of, of maturing at midlife, I think, is hopefully it's the realization that life isn't neat. It's not black or white. You may have had a parent or a grandparent or another family member who was was dreadful in ten different ways. But he also, I don't know, taught you how to whistle. Or he also was kind on this one time when he really needed it. It's not about one thing canceling out the other. And it's not about saying, well, it's okay because they did the best they could. Now, they... You know, that responsibility I was talking about, they have that too. And yes, some of them came along in times in which there were not lots of resources, but that doesn't cancel out getting hurt. That doesn't make okay the things that weren't okay. I think the the greater grace is to be able to say they loved imperfectly. They loved us as perfectly as our as their imperfect selves allowed. One of the things I do in, in working with people at midlife is I do invite them to look backwards. And there's this whole big thing that when people talk about the difference between coaching and the difference between therapy and and therapy's all about the past and, and coaching we don't deal with that past. It's just present and future and where you're going. And for midlife, I don't think it works that way. Now, when I'm coaching someone in midlife, I, I don't do the deep, deep work that I do as a therapist. But it's important to look back. It's important to look back at those dreams that you had and, and never saw fulfilled and that you need to grieve. It's important to look back and to take note of the losses that maybe you never acknowledged and you need to grieve. And maybe one of those losses was having a safe childhood or having a dependable, consistent parent who you knew was going to be at least pretty good most of the time. Those things all matter. And part of the work at midlife is claiming what matters. Yes, this this mattered that I didn't get this. It didn't ruin the rest of my life, but it matters. Yes, this was a loss that was real. I, I didn't get something I needed, something that was really fundamental to what I needed as a child, and that grief matters. Yes, I regret that I took road A when I really wanted to go down road B, and taking road A meant that road B was going to be closed to me. And that regret matters. Midlife is about listening and paying attention. And part of what we listen to and pay attention to is where we've been. So I invite you to do that. In the fullness of your experience, 
if you're a person who always needs it to be black and white, neat and orderly, in this box or in that box, I invite you to see what it feels like to not have those boxes and to let things be a little messier and to embrace all of the aspects of the legacy you were given the good and the bad and the indifferent and the so-so and the mediocre and the kind of consistently okay. Embrace all of it and sort through all of it. And what you need to heal those things that were really wounding and hurtful for you in whatever way then you can heal. And the things that, that came with losses attached, whatever the kind of loss, you can grieve. And the things that were really tremendous gifts, you can celebrate and be grateful for and build on. And the things that are regrets, you can pay attention to and try to to wrestle down to their essence uh, beyond the specifics of I didn't do this job or I didn't move to this place. What was it about that? Was it the challenge? Was it the adventure? And what was it about that thing that maybe in an entirely different form you can bring to your life now or you can make a part of your future? You know, sometimes it helps to have help. It's easier to have help. We need to have help in sorting through those things. And if that's true for you, then I invite you to uh, schedule a free call with me. I offer coaching for folks in midlife, specifically for women in midlife. And um, if you go on the website and go into heartcallings.com, there's a place where you can go and you can schedule a free 30-minute call just for us to talk about what you need and if there are ways that I can help you with that. One of the things that helps all of us, I think, is just to have regular inspiration and challenge and encouragement. And that's what I offer every Monday morning with Monday Morning Manna. I, I send out an email completely free email where I um, share some kind of story nine times out of ten it's something out of my own life where I share some kind of story and bring that back around to your life the all of our lives and the challenges we have in the ways that we can encourage each other and to listen through these stories for how the Spirit of God may inspire us and speak to us. Um, if you're interested in Monday Morning Manna, again, go to heartcallings.com and you can find out more. In the meantime, hold all that you've been given, the whole legacy of your past with open hands. Be willing to name things truth truthfully to call them for what they were and what they are, to sort through what has been good and what has been hard, 
all the while knowing that while these things may inform your life now, none of them determine your life now. That's the beauty of having choices. Hey, thanks for joining me here today. Um, Join me again next time. Take care.